Hi everybody and welcome back to my second podcast about creating podfix. I didn't actually think I had anything else to say on this matter than what I had already spoken about in the first part, but when I was challenged this week during voice team to create some kind of podficking manual for the This Is How challenge, I gave it another thought. So, what am I good at when creating podfix other than cheering on newbies? Well, there's one thing that I am pretty passionate about that not everybody who records podfix has experience in, and this is creating multivoice podfix. So, first question, what is a multivoice podfix? Traditionally, it's a podfix that contains more than just one voice in the end product. This can be realized in many different ways, and here are just a few examples that I have worked with in the past. A recording of traditional prose fanfic in which the narrator and character voices are voiced by different people. A recording of a traditional prose fanfic in which one person reads the narration and another person records all the other parts, like character voices, intro and outro, or for example footnotes. A recording of a traditional prose fanfic, which is told from different points of views of characters that are part of the story. Here, it might make sense to forego a traditional narrator and have the character voices record the narration for parts that are told from their character's perspective. I hope that made sense. It could also be a recording of an epistolary fanfic performed by different voice actors. And really, many, many more. Once you have located a fanfic which you would like to record as a multivoice portfic and you have gotten permission to record it, your next step is probably to prepare the text. The easiest and quickest way to share a document is in my experience over a platform like Google Drive, where you can just create a Google Docs document. Copy and paste the original text into the file. Now you can color code the lines depending on how many roles the multivoice will have and who is supposed to read which parts. Traditionally, that means for me leaving the narrator bits as they are and using a different color for each character role I want to cast. A short side note here on color coding. There are no set rules about how you color code, whether you change the color of the letters or the background colors, or use bold or cursive script to indicate changes. You should use what works for you, especially if you are the one editing the piece. But please, please, please think about the people who are supposed to record the lines for you as well. If you use very light background colors, please make sure they can be easily please make sure they can be easily distinguished from each other. It is very frustrating if you want to quickly record your character lines and you have to double check each and every line because the coding is for example done in pastel orange, pastel ochre and pastel yellow and you have no clue which of those lines are yours, simply because they look too similar. On the other hand, if you use very dark background colors, 
please make sure to change the letters to white, because having to squint at the lines all the time while recording, simply because black or navy is hell to recognize, is no fun either. Best go with a mix of bright colors and as obvious contrasts as possible, so the lines are easy to find and easy to read. Once you have finished the color coding, and it is always a good idea to double-check all lines at least once, because it is very tedious and annoying for everybody involved to have to ask your friends to record additional lines because they were initially color-coded wrongly, yes, I'm speaking from experience, you might want to add additional information at the top of the file. I usually include in my sheets the following. Character names and roles I want to cast with the correct color coding. A deadline for when I want the single role and character files to be turned in. A way how to turn in the files, for example over email, Discord messages or hosting websites like Google, Mediafire or Dropbox. Then the format that the files should have, like mp3 or whatever you want, it might be a tagged audacity file or something, and any other additional info about the podvic that might be important for everybody involved. On the topic of deadlines, I am aware that a lot of people don't like setting deadlines, but let's be real here, if there are no deadlines, it's probably not going to happen. I have lost count of how often I have participated in a multivoice that's never going to happen, simply because it's never had a deadline and I am getting really tired of it. Nowadays, when I see a project without a deadline, I'm probably not going to participate. This is another thing that you probably should be aware of if you want to create a multivoice. If you are the person organizing the pod, you very probably will have to remind some people about their deadlines and entries and to follow up with what they signed up for. If you feel uncomfortable doing that, you might need to find a friend who will help you with this. People are different and not everybody is organized, especially not in their hobbies. Sometimes things are just forgotten, and that's perfectly fine. It happens. But it's also perfectly fine to remind people that they have forgotten to turn something in. Just be polite and kind, and you shouldn't run into any trouble with that. 99% of the people will be very grateful you have reminded them, and send you immediately what you need. And the odd person who doesn't behave decently... Yes, it also happens, even if very rarely, but then you'll at least know not to work with them again and look for somebody else to fill the role. As simple as that. No reasons to dwell on it or let the project suffer. Also, just because a deadline exists, it doesn't have to mean you have to make it every single time. But it does help everybody to plan better, if there is a general idea of when the project is supposed to be finished. On another side note, 
I admit to being a bit less strict with deadlines on smaller projects, where I work with a friend or only a small amount of people that I know I can count on. But in my experience, when working with new people, setting a deadline is always the better option. Okay, so you have prepared your sheet. What now? Your next mission will be to actually find people who will help to bring your multi-voice pod to life for you. How do you find those people? Good question. That depends entirely on you and what you feel comfortable doing. You could join the PodVChat Discord, for example, and simply throw your project there in the multivoice channel and ask for help. If it's a popular fandom and a decent-sized project, that should help you find enough people to work on the project quicker than you can say multivoice pod. If it's a less popular fandom or trope, or maybe so big it needs a lot more volunteers, you might try and go hunting for pod figures in your fandom. That's what I did at the start. Just leaving a comment on other Podvicker's works to ask whether they might like to do a collab with you. The highest chance to get a positive answer is if you leave a comment like that on another multivoice pod. You could also use all the social media you have at hand. Ask for help on Twitter. Or speak about an upcoming multivoice project in your free talk at the end of your latest pod and tell your listeners to drop you a comment if they are interested. If nothing else helps, ask your roommates, your family members or friends to help you record something. The possibilities are endless, and just because one way doesn't work for you, it doesn't mean another won't either. So, you got a team of people now who want to do this. What's the next step? Recording. Generally, all recording tips that I mentioned before still apply here, but there are additional experiences and observations I'd like to share about working on multivoice pods. If the narrator and the editor are not the same person and narration is the biggest part of the story, it might make sense to have a little chat before the recording about which way to handle the narration part to make life easier for the both of you. Some multivoice narrations other people recorded for me as the editor have added an insane extra amount of work for me that could have been easily avoided if we'd had a chat about it beforehand. Not because anybody did anything wrong, just because different ways to record a multivoice narration might clash with the way how you personally prefer to edit. It is really just a question of preference, and it is very easy to find a compromise that suits everybody. All you need to do is communicate. And yes, I've learned that lesson as well by personal experience. With the Crown of Thorns project, I was used to work with narration that had all character voices still in the narrator file, properly tagged, which was a good and organized way for this huge project but turned out not at all efficient for my other multivoice projects. Personally, I edit much, much faster if there is just an empty space where the character voice lines should be. So I don't bother recording any character lines when I record the narration. Instead, I just add a spoken blip instead of the lines, 
because that helps me to hit the correct tone for the narration that frames the direct speech. Stuff like he said or he yelled. That might need a bit of practice at the beginning, but it saves me a lot of time later, simply because it is a visual help while editing. One person I worked with before did the same, but used a clicker, which turned out a terrible choice for me as editor, but is probably the perfect way for them. Because English is not my mother tongue, I tend to listen to English at a higher volume, since it helps me to understand slurred or softly spoken words much, much better. A clicker always means that you'll have trouble to dial up the volume of your file because clicker are recognized as very loud by your recording program. I ended up having to remove all clicking sounds before I could start editing that particular project, because the narration was simply so low in volume, I didn't understand it otherwise. That caused extra work for both of us, which simply could have been avoided if we had talked about it beforehand. If you are recording voice lines for multivoice, I recommend overacting your lines. It might feel silly to you and overly dramatic, but in my experience what you think was acted very emotionally might not have been very emotional at all when put together later. If you feel silly doing that, I recommend simply doing each line twice. One, how you think would be an appropriately emotional delivery, and the other overacted and then simply let the editor decide which one is the better take. You might be surprised. Most people only turn in one recording for a line, which I personally like as editor because it doesn't cause me extra work to pick the best version, but some prefer to turn in at least two versions for each line, and that's also perfectly fine. If you are the editor and have a strong preference, just make sure to communicate it. I usually only record one line when doing voices, but have been known to leave two or three versions in if I'm not sure where to put the emphasis on a sentence, because it might be in a conversation and depending highly on how the other character was voiced. So, the deadline is up and you have all your recordings. Next up, editing. If your port has a big narration part, use this file as your basic. Regardless on how you add the character voices later, you might want to make sure to remove all breathing between narration and character lines. It sounds incredibly odd if the narrator takes a breath and then someone else's voice speaks. Same goes for any additional noises like coughing or clearing the throat, Rather, leave the sound out if it hadn't been done by the character voice, then leave in the narrator. You really can hear the difference, and that can have a huge impact on the quality of your end product. There are differences on how you can add the character voices into your files. My recommendation is to all get them into the same format beforehand, and either copy them all into the same file and simply cut and paste your lines from that file, or if your lines are tagged, then make sure to open the files in question in the same order to copy and paste them. 
so you can switch easier between the ones you need. If too many open files at the same time confuse you while editing, you might want to sure you have only those ones open you need immediately. If you have properly tagged files, you could also fill in the lines of one character, then the next, then the next. Personally, I never liked that. Too much scrolling around for my taste, but I know people who prefer to work like that. I just follow along the basic file, usually the narration, and add the voices at the time when they appear. But you do you. Best try out different methods and figure out which one works best for you. Now, all voices are in and you did a second run checking against the original text that everything is where it is supposed to be. What now? The last step would be posting. In general, I usually follow my normal pasting routine, but have a few additions here. When it's a multi-voice pod, I usually try to incorporate as many links and download possibilities as possible. Check with the people who recorded with you. Maybe they would also like to share the pod on their platforms? If you post on AO3, most people will want to be added as co-creators, so make sure to send them invitations when you set the file up. I also usually include an overview on who read which part in the story who edited and did cover art, etc. If possible, I also usually add a link to the other people's dashboards in the credits, so our listeners have the chance to check out more works of podfickers whose style or voice they really liked and may not have known before. And that's it. I hope you liked this short foray into creating multivoice pods with me. If this was helpful to you in any way, I would love to hear about it in the comments. Also, if you have tips for me that I haven't mentioned in this podcast, please also let me know. I'd love to hear about your experiences and tips and tricks. Lots of hugs. Ciao.